Hello and welcome to our latest Money Show Money Masters podcast segment. I'm Mike Larson, Editor-in-Chief at Money Show, and today I'm speaking with Charlie Schrem, a longtime fixture in the cryptocurrency world. He's editor of the Crypto Investor Network, a network of investors buying and holding crypto, as well as a founding member of the Bitcoin Foundation. And of course, he also hosts the Charlie Schrem Show podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Charlie. It's good to be here. Thank you so much for taking some time out here. I mean, obviously, this space is, is really, uh, you know, getting in, in, in the forefront of investors' minds, given everything that's going on out there. So before we get to some of the recent sector developments, I mean, we're going to have viewers and listeners that are heavily involved in the crypto space, as well as those who may not have any exposure at all. So kind of for their benefit, would you talk briefly about your background and some of the things you're involved with now? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And it's probably, it's it's kind of great always doing these shows that talking about like, the positive stuff that's been going on in the industry because I've been in I've been in in space for so long. But going back to like <clears throat> late 2010, early 2011, the the last days of Satoshi, if you will, um, I started the, a company called BitInstant that allowed people to uh, buy and sell Bitcoin. And back then it was only Bitcoin. Uh, there was nothing, no really other. There's no other token or any other cryptocurrency. Um, and the the whole Bitcoin community was like super small relegated to like a few chat rooms and internet forums you know on, on online and uh but instant at one point i think we were like 30 percent or something or so even a larger amount of like all the bitcoin uh uh transaction volume that was happening on a given day during those two years uh and we were like that primary toll booth and it, it was amazing because we realized that there were just so many people that were so interested in bitcoin like every I think we checked it out every 30 seconds, someone was buying Bitcoin from us. And to yeah. me, that was just a fascinating thing. You know, it, it was so beautiful back then. And now it's like there's probably millions of people buying Bitcoin every second. It's not really like a big deal anymore. And I, I went on to found the Bitcoin Foundation and spent a couple of years, uh, more than a couple, just the, the, the last 10 years, just traveling around the world, speaking, spoke at so many money shows uh, as well on behalf of Bitcoin and crypto. Since Bitcoin has grown up, um, I've invested in and uh, advised and helped launch uh, half a dozen different Bitcoin and, and crypto startups. In uh, a couple of years ago, I started a VC fund called uh, Druid Ventures, and I've been spending most of my time uh, full time investing in Bitcoin and crypto startups. And I think we've made like 15 investments in in this last bear market. So I'm like, my bags are filled up. I'm ready to go. <laughs> It's great you mentioned that. I was going to get to that in a minute, but since you brought it up, I mean, you know, I think you had commented that the best time essentially to invest in the space is when you have a, a phase of the Bitcoin bear market or what have you. So I'm just wondering, you know, what are some of the companies that you're looking at there? What are some of the, the interesting things that, you know, attracted you a, a, as an investor who, who knows the space very well? There's a lot there's a lot of pros and cons, right? And and um, with Bitcoin and crypto, our bull and bear markets are like super cycles. They happen every three, four years, bull market, bull market, bear market. Uh, a lot of the times, the first thing that you have to get over, and it did take me a couple of bear markets to get over this, is that it will come back on the other side some point in the future. To me, Bitcoin and crypto, they've, you know, these prices have not matured yet. So they're not just going to like plateau and flatline. There, there's still zero sum games. You have to believe that Bitcoin and crypto will continue to grow and succeed in the future, or it'll just all go to zero. We're still at that point yet. I love, I love you know personally bets and investments like that because you know the odds are 
more simple. You're either going to make a lot of money or you're going to lose your, your original investment. Yeah. You know, you can't really lose anything more than that. And so, um, when you get, once you get over that first, okay, psychological that the, the next bull market will come, you can kind of tuck in and say, all right, let me spend this bear market doing it the right way. And during the bull markets, there's every company looks great. Every company is, is, looks amazing. The team is amazing. The, the product is amazing. The, the go-to-market strategy is amazing. The token could be great. Every check can be checked. Every box can be checked. Every flag can be green. It's very hard. It's very hard. You have to trust in only your gut instinct. During the bear market, it's a lot easier because what's happening is only the really good companies have figured out a way to keep their burn down to a minimum. Usually they're, they figured out a way to like themselves like stay on survival mode but if they're good ones they're using their money to grow and build and like prepare themselves and pivot for the bull market i love companies like that i love ones that have used that like bear market to like build their foundations prepare and then set themselves up for the for the future it's hard to do during that bull market what you can yeah. do is you can look at which companies have made it through that's usually like a great first thing i look for first thing i do before I even look at the team, before I even look at if the what the company does, is if they're not a new company, I look at how they fared during past bear markets. And if they if that makes me happy, then I, I'll go onward and I'll look at like who the team is, yep. have they been successful before, stuff like that. Okay. Now, before we shift and, and kind of talk about some of the things that the, the mainstream media is looking at, the Bitcoin ETFs and all, I want to talk a little bit more about the, these specialty parts of the market. I mean, Things with the underlying blockchain technology, some of these developments that you're seeing, use case and so on, but the actual you know, technology behind it and the companies you're investing in, what are some of the interesting things people are doing and companies are doing that you think is going to help this, this sector and this space continue to evolve? Every, okay, so everyone here is going to give you different answers. And I'll, I'll personally tell you what I'm really excited about and what we're investing in. <clears> and, and like, uh, there's so many answers now. So obviously, the, the first answer that everyone's going to give you and I'm going to give you is AI. There's a huge relationship between AI and crypto. I really believe that. I fundamentally, I fundamentally believe that like Bitcoin and maybe even crypto. And I know that I keep the two separate because Bitcoin is its own thing, and then crypto is more the tech. Bitcoin is the hard money, the 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 one that you want to like hold for the future. Yeah. And then crypto are these other technology projects that are using like the technology that Satoshi Nakamoto used and built with Bitcoin to like change the world and make decentralized finance or do something better, faster, more efficient. And the people that can invest in those and learn about them early on could potentially like, you know, get in on some of these projects before Blackstone and some of the other ones find out about them. <laughs> I like AI. Um, I like, <clears throat> so I think that Bitcoin will be maybe like the uh, currency for the incentivization for AI because all the AI companies like just look at the what we use now ChatGPT, Bard, Gronk, whatever, yep. whatever AI software we use, all these applications for for editing videos, for editing AI, for podcasts, all the the tools that are like consumer ready now, they all rely on centralized databases and centralized machine learning and centralized and that's the data open AI's value they scraped all this you know data and everything and then they're they're selling it's all closed source but how do you keep that going there's mm -hmm. just it costs a lot of money 
to like keep that going. So with, if you could incentivize millions of people around the world somehow to be feeding you data in real time and you're paying them for that in a, in a way that protects people's privacy, I think there's a really cool relationship there between crypto and AI. I like what I'm seeing. So you're seeing a lot of like RWAs now. They're called real world assets. That's the term you'll see floating around. Basically, they're just like the newer term for security tokens or tokenized securities. Taking a security product that exists, whether it's like a treasury or it's like a investing in a startup or mm -hmm. it's like owning a piece of your cheesesteak restaurant <laughs> or it's owning a piece of a consortium of like real estate deals. Those are all security assets. They're like security instruments. A lot of the times the paper actually says like this is a security instrument. Yeah. Tokenizing those and having them freely tradable and liquid in a secure compliant way, that's going to be a multi-trillion dollar. And you're seeing that like really grow now in a big way. Okay, so I'm also excited about growth and scaling on top of Bitcoin. So you have like already a trillion dollars worth of people, trillion dollars worth of Bitcoin locked sitting there and people are doing nothing with it. Yep. People are trying to figure out a way to like let you use your Bitcoin without having to like give up control of those keys to a centralized exchange or like a third party. We saw FTX, Voyager, <clears throat> Celsius fail. People don't want to give up their assets again, but they want to make those assets work for them. On that note, we're seeing a huge, I'm seeing a, a lot of startups in pledged assets, which is so unique. I didn't even know this. You can like pledge an asset to then like, you can get property insurance or, you know, do all these different type of financial maneuvers. If you have, you know, having Bitcoin as like a liquid, but secure asset, like that it is as like real estate and that you could use is pretty awesome. Like that digital gold, if you will, but gold can't really work for you. Bitcoin can. So there's a lot of people trying to do stuff like that. Um, and then on top of that, the last thing I will say, <clears throat> What our fund, what our funds mandate is, is that pick and shovels. Okay. So we're investing in, and we're getting really excited about any company or any team of people that are building out like the plumbing for the crypto industry. Uh, and that could cover any aspect, developer, to, developer tools, software as a service companies. Think any type of company that like services the internet today, Salesforce, uh, you know, ISP, stuff like that but for crypto and for Web3. Great, I mean, again, you know, sometimes everybody gets, gets caught up in just the investment case, uh, you know, and just watching what Bitcoin's doing on a day-to-day -day basis and not really looking at the technology behind it. So I'm glad you were able to share some of those, those intriguing things that, that are going on behind the scenes. Um, but I do have to shift to the public markets now and talk yeah. a little bit about that. I mean, you had a, a really interesting tweet back in January 7th, and if you don't mind, I'm gonna read it off. It said, I've been preaching Bitcoin from every rooftop since 2010. And only now are people taking me seriously. This is what Noah felt. The flood is coming. Prepare now. What did you mean by that? And, and what are you seeing as you're getting this mainstream, big money, institutional money coming into the sector? I, I really fundamentally believe that anyone who wants to own their own Bitcoin, the time is, the clock is, is ticking. And what I mean by that is that most people in money will end up, there's, there's enough Bitcoin in the universe where because Bitcoin is divisible by like eight decimal points where you can all, you'll always be able to get some, 
But a lot of people want to be in that 21 million club. They tell me all the time. And to be in that 21 million club, you got to own one Bitcoin. Not only is Bitcoin getting more expensive and it'll, it'll continue to do so, but the ability to even just get that much Bitcoin, you don't want to realize that like in the future, you'll it'll take you a year to accumulate. It, like so little Bitcoin will be available on price discovery exchanges. <clears throat> All these major public institutions want to custody it for you because they, you know, if you, if you actually like kind of joke and say, maybe like Bitcoin, which will become this $20 trillion asset, let's just say, maybe it was like created by a government entity to like just create another asset that they could hold on your behalf and charge you for. It's a shame if that's what Bitcoin becomes. So that's why I'm always pushing people to hold it on them, you know, to get hardware wallets, to get a good regular software wallet, to just figure out how to custody Bitcoin on your own. It's very easy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we obviously have to talk a little bit about the regulatory environment. I mean, you were on the, the Bitcoin base case podcast a while ago and talked about Getz and Warren kind of using our jobs and our livelihood for political gain. I mean, how do you see things sorting out in Washington over the next couple of years uh, at this stage and sort of in the crypto evolution? The uh, it's a great question. And it's like that regulatory reckoning. When is it coming? Most people in crypto, you know, people outside of crypto think it's like a reckoning. People in crypto, we're at the edge of our seats. We're begging, <laughs> we're begging for clarity. We're waiting. All these things that I talked to you about recently, like all, you know, I gave your listeners like 15 good startup ideas to do. Half of them risky to start because there's no regulatory clarity. We don't really know how to treat these things. And it's not a black and white, as what I've learned, it's not a black and white answer. There's so many facets to law. There's tax law, real estate law. There's different implications of how Bitcoin and different <clears throat> crypto companies could be classified. Yeah. So I know there's a lot there, but I really want to push for the, for the, for the, if regulators are listening to this show to like try to push for, for, for more clarity on that. I think it's coming. The, the election season is coming. You're going to see Bitcoin and crypto be a big part of that. And so I do think that you'll see like, unfortunately, crypto become more of like a, a weapon in that's used on one side or another, but it'll bring some sort of like crypto renaissance. Fair enough. You know, there was a, right after the, uh, the ETF approvals happened, there was a BlackRock ETF ad that, that I saw people kind of making fun of on Twitter. So it was like a, a boomer ad for how these, these, this, these ETFs work and so on. So I guess if somebody's watching this, that's, they're a, a novice, they haven't been involved in the space before. I mean, what, with investors starting to dip their toes in this market, you know, what's your advice for some, as someone who's been involved for years and years? It's a great question. And the best part about the ETF is that there were always tax implications to buying Bitcoin and it was a risk. You had to like move money out of whatever you were comfortable with the framework, not just like the sending the wire out, but the, the legal and regulatory framework about where your money is right. 401ks, IRAs. If you, if you take money out, there are tax implications to that. There's like future financial considerations that everyone has, but now you don't have to worry about those things. You yeah. can actually like, there's like 11 Bitcoin ETFs, I think. But not only that, there's probably another dozen Bitcoin and crypto stocks. Companies that either they mine crypto or Bitcoin, or maybe they invest in a bucket of different Bitcoin or crypto companies. I would tell your, I would tell listeners like, go check those out. Dabble in those. 
have fun with that. If you're not comfortable buying and investing in the actual crypto now, we're not in those days anymore where you need to. You don't have to like take risks anymore in terms of like losing your keys. I know five minutes ago, I was telling people to like hold your own keys. I'm talking to the advanced people. I want those people who are already comfortable in crypto to take the next step and self custody. But if you're just first getting started, check out the ETFs. They're really cool. Yeah. Check out like the differences in them. I will say that like, for example, Bitwise, okay. like 10% of the fees that you pay go towards paying Bitcoin core developers who are working out there for free for 15 years building out on top of Bitcoin. So there's there's a bunch of different ones that, that do different things. Any of those public companies that, that are involved in the space that again, if somebody might be interested in beyond the ETFs, you'd be comfortable naming? Yeah, I have a great list actually. Um, I have a great list actually, I'll share it. I would start with these. Um, I would start with, <clears throat> so first um, I would start with uh, Iris Energy, Cypher Mining, MicroStrategy, Swan, Bitwise we've talked about. I'd look at Coinbase. I'd look at BitFarms. I'd look at BitDeer. I'd look at Hive and I'd look at BitDigital. Like these are ones that we're looking at. There's a lot now. There's a lot there because like they all have different costs. You know, I've studied, for example, the mining stocks. Yeah. Not financial advice, of course, but I've like studied sure. this. So, for example, like Core Scientific, their cost to mine a Bitcoin is a lot less than, for example, HUD-8 or BitFarm. So I would tell you, like, look into these, like, what's the difference between the mining stocks? Why are some companies making more than others? Look into the management. There's a lot. But it is like, it almost feels like, okay, the reason that it's so hard to make money in Wall Street <clears throat> nowadays is that there's no more informational arbitrage. Yeah. Everything's high-frequency trading, information is valued within seconds and traded upon. If you figure something out, some hedge fund figured it out first. You can do, you can be a self-directed investor, but you have to like, and, and the money show, you know, people that come to money show are always really smart because what they do is they find like a niche industry that large caps aren't investing in yet before everyone else does. And they can get in early and they're smart. Crypto and Bitcoin is still like even the publicly traded stuff. There's no informational arbitrage. There yeah. aren't hedge funds buying this stuff. There aren't high frequency traders. It's still like non-sophisticated investors. And that's why I kind of love the industry still. Once it becomes the way I described before, I, I'll be out of a job. You know, I won't <laughs> write a crypto newsletter anymore. I won't need to have a crypto podcast anymore. People won't need to read my stuff and listen to my stuff in order to get information to make trades off of. It'll all be done for them you'll have portfolio managers, but find me a good portfolio manager now that does Bitcoin and crypto stuff. They don't exist. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I guess a great thing to wrap up with one last question. Obviously, you're going to be joining us at the Investment Master Symposium in Miami. One of the reasons is because we want good educators who know about this space. So uh, still a few months away from that event. Any idea and kind of a sneak peek of what you might be talking about? Let me tell you how excited I am for this event. Not so we have a great panel, but and some of the some of the folks are phenomenal. But one of the other guys joining us is Bobby Lee. Bobby Lee founded the first Bitcoin exchange in China, BTC China. He's sitting on stage with us. He has more knowledge about what goes on in the global Bitcoin and crypto markets than anyone else I know. He lives in Vegas. That's how we were able to get him. But he, I'm excited to just sit next to him and, and get the alpha from him. 
Awesome, awesome. Well, Charlie, listen, thank you so much for the time you're taking out here. Everyone, thank you for watching or listening. If you do want to hear more from Charlie and dozens of other top trading investing experts, definitely check out the Investment Master Symposium information. Miami event scheduled from April 10th to April 12th at the Hyatt Regency downtown. Uh, again, Charlie, thank you so much for your time. Have a great day. Amazing. Thank you so much. We'll have more interviews for you every week. So I encourage you to subscribe to the Money Masters podcast so you can stay up to date with the insights from top money experts. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLarson and follow Money Show for more investing and trading content on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Money Show. Thanks for listening. See you next time.